and it's funny because we we talked to the uh, one of the crew members there, and he was telling us that it was a little bit more popular than they were expecting. And I kind of looked at him and said, "Have you been to Ogas? Like, <laughs> right?" back everybody this week's bonus episode of the dcl duo podcast brought to you by my path unwinding travel and we are coming to you from the disneyland hotel on july 4th 7 a.m in the morning because that's how excited we are to be talking to the guest we have today we have a guest who's going to be talking to us about the christening cruise on board the wish and so i want to start by welcoming jennifer to the show welcome jennifer Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. So Jennifer, you were an invited guest of a media person and you yourself own About the Memories Travel. And so my understanding is the christening sailing was pretty much exclusively media and travel agents. Is that fair? Yes, I'd say that's fair. And do you know how many people were on board the ship? Or We've heard it wasn't full. It was not full. Um, we They didn't give us an exact number, um, but they were saying between 30 to 40% of capacity. Well, that's a gift, I think, to, to get to experience the wish at that kind of reduced capacity. <laughs> what, um, what were your first impressions walking on board the wish? You're some of the first folks to set foot into the grand hall, I believe they're calling it now. But yeah, what were your first impressions when you saw the wish and walked on board? Amazing. Um, honestly, I was speechless. Um, it's beautiful. Uh, the decor. And, and just to give you a little background, I have been on all of the other four ships. Um, I've sailed several times with Disney Cruise Line. So I am quite familiar with the the whole Atrium Grand Hall area. It is, it's just beautiful. There is a center stage and above that is a balcony. So when we entered um, the Grand Hall, uh, Belle was actually up on top of the balcony to greet us. So it was it was pretty amazing. It's absolutely beautiful. It's stunning. Oh, fantastic. Did did they announce your party's name as you got on the ship like they do for regular sailings? Yes, they did. And um, all, there was a lot of cast member in a circle, like circling around the area, um, you know, to greet us as we came on. And it just so happens it, one of the wait staff that I had had on my last sailing on the dream, he was there recognized me, came up, you know, gave me a big hug. So it was even more special for me because I felt like, oh, my family's here, you know, because I I had a waiter that I had had on actually two prior sailings. Um, I had requested him. So uh, that was a little extra special for me because there was actually somebody there that I recognized. That is so fantastic. We love requesting the same wait staff on cruises um, if we know they're going to be on a particular sailing. So Jennifer, I'm curious, what kind of stateroom did you have on board? We had a Category 4C, which was a family deluxe ocean view stateroom with a veranda. We were in the aft of the ship. We actually had one of the staterooms that sleeps five. So we had the extra Murphy bed that folded down. Nice. That's a nice room. What was the theming of the room? Because we know that there are different themes for each room. Some are Moana, some are Cinderella, some are, I can't even remember, Tiana maybe? I have the breakdown if you're interested. Um, yeah. We had a Frozen themed room. So when we went, we were on deck seven. So when we went on to deck seven, the carpets, and as you know, you're very familiar with the cruise lines, the carpet um, is always very themed. This time it's themed according to the princesses on that particular deck. So ours was very Cinderella themed. And the actually the light above actually has a silhouette that goes around. So when it's lit, it it 
you know, projects the silhouette and it was the carriage um, from Cinderella. And then the um, the little door handle thing, you know, where it's usually the fish, um, that actually was a carriage for us because uh, we were in on the Cinderella floor. So basically what we were told is that we had a connecting door. So we had two rooms. We, we ended up meeting the people next to us, but they weren't with us. But so you have two rooms. So ours was frozen because we had the connecting door and then their room was Cinderella. And they were kind enough to let us uh, view their room. So basically the manager of the floor that he sort of told us that he said it was the Cinderella floor. However, the connecting doors, the connecting room would be the frozen theme, which is what we had. Oh, that's really nice. That way, if you book two rooms and you book connecting rooms, you'll have different themed rooms. That's really fun. Yes, correct. So basically the Cinderella and the Frozen are on deck two, six, and seven. So you basically have a 50-50 chance of of which one that you're going to get. Um, And then Aurora and Tiana are decks eight and nine. And then Ariel and Moana are decks 10 and 11. And then all of the concierge rooms are Rapunzel. And they're they're colored themed as well. So Rapunzel, of course, her carpet's purple. Her silhouette, of course, is the lanterns. And then Ariel and Moana, theirs is like an aquamarine color. And their silhouette is Ariel, you know, from the Ariel um, movie. And then Aurora and Tiana, theirs is the green color. And they have a lot of woodland friends, you know, all over. So um, I'm actually going again on October 7th. And we are on deck eight. So I'll have, and I have a connecting room. So we will have those over in Tiana on that one. So I'm excited to see the difference um, in the different, you know, decor and stuff. While we're on the topic of staterooms, I, I heard that it seems like part of the reason they had the reduced capacity on board the ship was because they left a lot of the suites or most of the suites empty so that folks could tour them. Did you get a chance to check out any of the concierge suites? I know they have the two-story royals. They have some new offerings, I think, and you know, one, two bedrooms. And then, of course, the tower suite, which is a topic unto itself. But did you get a chance to tour through any of those? Yes. I, I toured the Aurora suite and I toured the uh, tower suite. Well, where should we start? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we start at the Aurora suite and work our way up to the, uh, to, to the mythical tower suite? So how was the Aurora suite? It was beautiful. Um, there was a spiral staircase and it, it was, it was actually quite stunning. I particularly probably would not stay in that stateroom um, because it's so forward on the ship and uh, I get motion sickness and that, the whole time we were in there, it was just up and down. Um, but what's unique in that one is the bathroom. They have the private, like the windows, like where the soaking tub and the shower, it overlooks the water. And then they have the windows that have privacy curtains and you can open and close the privacy curtains. So at times you see the ocean and then times you can close them and not see the ocean. So that was kind of unique about that room. Um, they also have the a huge deck with a whirlpool tub, you know, with a hot tub outside. Yeah, I saw pictures of that one online. That looked fantastic. I was thinking if you were in that suite, why would you ever leave? <laughs> Correct. I have to agree. Um, but the details, uh, like the light had two little birds, you know, sitting underneath a little light fixture. And it was just, just the details that they think of is just amazing. It was very, it was, it was stunning. Uh, I am dying to hear about the tower suite because uh, we saw photos of it on the on the crossing that was a uh, bare shell of metal. And so to see that thing complete online, it looks stunning. But was it as stunning in person as it looks from the photos? It was. 
it is very difficult to find. Uh, we circled the stack several times. And luckily, we found some nice lady that was like, oh, it's here in this little corner. <laughs> so we entered. So we were on the level, you know, which would be, I wish I had a deck plan in front of me, the bottom where the bottom of the stack, the stack would be. There's a little side door that you go through and you go up a couple flight of steps and then there's the door to go into the room. It, it was it was hidden, that's for sure. Because we circled, we we went into where the elevators are. We were trying to get into it from there. And honestly, I don't even know how to get into it any other way than the door that we went through because it was so <laughs> difficult to find. It's definitely hidden. And it's definitely one that you are, yes, I'm going into a secret room. That's the kind of feeling that you had. Um, I, it did, I was going to look, I can't, I'm looking at my notes. Because I believe it, I was trying to remember how many people it slept because it was a large, it was a large number of, of I think I'm going to say eight is what they told us. That's what I remember reading online eight because it has the like two master bedrooms and then like a kid's bunk bedroom. And then there's like the library or something. Yeah. So they, the bunk rooms were adorable and the ceiling in the bunk rooms would have constellations that would appear. It was very pretty. Oh, cool. That I haven't seen at all. And then it had um, a, like a dining area where you could sit. It did have like a little small, I guess you want to call it butler's pantry kind of situation with the sink and everything. It did have a big living room area that, you know, of course, overlooked because it's the front of the stack. So if you think of the shape of the stack, it like would then overlook the deck below, um, which was which was very pretty. It also had a spiral staircase that took you to the second floor. It had a little bar area as well, you know, like a high top bar area for you know to sit with drinks. Um, it was two it was two levels, so you could from the top level where the bedrooms were, you can look down into the bottom level for the living room area. Oh, like a balcony kind of to to see into the living room. Oh, wow. And they had touches of Moana throughout this room that was uh, in the pictures and the statues and stuff. Uh, the bathrooms were stunning. The the bathrooms were very elegant. And how many bathrooms can I ask? I think they said four and a half, if I'm not mistaken. Holy cow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> For like eight people. Wow. Right. <laughs> so uh, the, um, the constellations were adorable about the kids suite for sure. It's so overwhelming. There was so much to see and do. <laughs> Jennifer, I'm curious. There's been a lot of questions that we've seen come across about the view from the tower suite and whether you're kind of staring across to what might be like a signals bar today uh, on board one of the other ships so that people you're staring at them and they're staring at you. Did you get a sense of how the view was out of that suite? Um, I remember. No, I, I, I mean, I remember looking out the window and I'm looking through my pictures now. You look down at the deck below, I don't feel like people would be staring at you. No, I didn't get that impression. And even when we were trying to search, we knew which one it was because at first we weren't sure which stack it was in. And then we were like, oh, well, it has to be in that stack because you could see the lighting above, but you couldn't really see like the windows are far enough that I don't feel like people can look in at you while you're sitting there in the living room area. But if you're in the living room area, you can definitely look down at the deck and see the people. 
the perfect people watching spot. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I didn't get that impression that you could be sitting at that bar and looking straight across. But we could definitely tell that that was the suite just by the lighting in the windows that it presented from outside on the deck. So Jennifer, just for our listeners, how many nights was this cruise and did it have any port stops? I know there's so much for you guys to explore, obviously on the ship. So we don't need to talk about anything. If there were port stops, what you did, but just kind of curious as to the structure of this cruise. Yes. So, and again, we had no idea until we we actually got on the ship, what we were actually doing. Um, It was, uh, we had Castaway Key on day one, and then we were at sea on day two. And it was a three night. It was a three night cruise. So we've heard a ton about dining on board the ship. A lot of kind of positive reviews coming out about the food quality on board. Why don't we start with, I guess, maybe some of the what I'll call quick serve offerings. We'll include in there the Marceline Market. What was the quick service food like on board? Um, actually, it was it was it was great. It was a little. I mean, again, sailing before on other cruises, you know, you're used to Luigi's and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's, <laughs> it's very similar, um, just different theming. It reminded me of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. If you're familiar with Disney World, so that was the the decor and the theming, in my opinion. So you did have uh, a taco and burrito bar, and then you also had the pizza, of course, where they made the homemade crust. Uh, they had a press machine, and then they had like a smoke like barbecue one. And then they also had a uh, grill, which would be burgers and uh, chicken and that kind of stuff. And they were all in the back. So you you could just start at the grill and then it went to the barbecue station. Then it went to the pizza and then it went to the um, tacos. And it was just in a big circle that went all the way around, like a half circle. So that's the, the Mickey and Friends uh, on deck food, kind of pools, poolside access food. And I, we have to ask for the barbecue when you're saying barbecue, because we, we've had a little bit of debate uh, with some friends here as we've been visiting Disneyland. You, you mentioned a grill separate from barbecue. So you're not talking about, you're talking about like brisket, pulled pork, that kind of barbecue, right? Or ribs Correct. or something like yes. that. It was yeah. ribs, it was brisket and it was chicken. Like I had chicken on the first day and it was chicken, but it was definitely like a smoke kind of barbecue taste. Yes. And it had like sweet potato fries and that kind of stuff as well. All right. We're taking a quick pause here and excited to welcome a new show sponsor to our show is going to be sponsoring our bonus episodes, at least for the next couple of months. And that is Blisslets. And so if you've not heard of Blisslets before, First, you're probably going to be seeing them on board the Disney ships here pretty soon and being sold in the Disney stores. They are a fabulous alternative to C-Band. So Sam got a chance to check them out on our last cruise. They were kind enough to send her a couple of pairs to try out. Sam suffers from some seasickness and motion sickness at times and has used C-Bands in the past to try and alleviate that. And so she decided to give these blisslets a try. The two things Sam loved most about her blisslets were, one, they're a much more stylish alternative to the traditional C-Bands, but two, they also were better constructed. Uh, She said that she felt like they would hold up a lot better to the wear and tear on board than uh, the C-bands would. So she really liked them. They had a lot of great styles, even have some in leather. Uh, And so really, really nice product that she enjoyed. And she can't wait to try them out again on our cruise coming up here soon. So if you are a traditional C-bands user, but you're looking for something that's just maybe a little bit nicer to wear on board the ship, then head over to blisslets.com and check them out. We highly recommend them. And Sam's really enjoyed the product so far. So head over there, check them out. And thanks to Blisslets for sponsoring this bonus show. And 
And how is, I guess, so you mentioned that they're all kind of in the back. I'm wondering how is the flow on the pool deck if they're all kind of around and near each other? I mean, this was reduced capacity, so it'd be a little different, but I'm just curious about that. It was a little bit. Uh, so for instance, and I, I should have said this up front, I have a dairy allergy. So I, my meals are a little slightly different than the normal person. So the, and, and I don't eat a lot of red meat. So the burger section did not appeal to me, but the people that I were with, they went to that section. So I went to the barbecue section because I wanted the sweet potato fries and the chicken. So that line actually goes back into the hallway where the elevators are. So that did back up a little bit. You had a little bit of congestion there from people coming out of the hallway with the elevators onto the deck and then the people waiting in line. But it did move pretty quickly. And there were two sides. So there were, there was two of them. So you could go on either side and it was the same food. Going, since we just touched on the elevators, we'll, we'll get to Marceline's market in a minute, but I, I do want to ask about the elevators because we know that this ship is different in that instead of having three banks of elevators, meaning a forward, mid and aft set, along with staircases in each, this one for guest access, at least only has forward and aft. And I know they're both closer to the middle of the ship. So they've kind of moved the forward ones back a little bit, the aft ones forward a little bit, and they've eliminated those mid, um, the sort of the midsection elevators and stairs, probably in favor of that grand uh, hall. Can you tell us if that uh, presented any difficulty or how that difference played out in your getting around the ship? If you have sailed before, to me, it caused great difficulty because I was constantly lost. (laughs) Like I was like, Where's the elevators and um, the stairs? If you've never sailed before, you wouldn't know any different. You would think it's fine. I I had a challenge with it, a big challenge, especially when you were in the Grand Hall and we wanted to go somewhere. I was like, okay, where's the stairs? Like, or where's the elevator? And and I was lost for a bit because you have to go forward or aft to get to them. And um, it wasn't. And and you know how? And they do this on the other cruises when they take the pictures at the Grand Staircase in the atrium or the grand hall, they close off at the top when they're taking pictures down at the bottom. And they kept doing that throughout the sailing, which meant then you, if you were in the grand hall and you wanted to go to the floor above you, you couldn't, you had to go down to the after the forward elevator to get to that higher level. And that to me was the challenge again, because they're closing off the main staircase that's in the grand hall, which would be the center of the ship. So I particularly had a great deal of difficulty with it. I mean, I'm sure it's different. It's a new ship. You know, you just something new that you have to get used to. They say that there's more elevators. So the reason they only did two was because there's more of them in each section. So they're saying that that's why there's only two, because they had more of them. To speak of elevators, not all of the elevators go up to deck 13. Some only go up to deck 11. So sometimes we would have to, when we came from our room, we would get on one and it would only took us, took us to 11. So then we'd have to get off and then get on another one to then go up to 13 if we didn't want to climb the stairs. So we had to do that a couple of times. And then another feature that's new with the elevators, and, and I've experienced this on other cruise lines. So to me, it was not new, but it's new to Disney. It's those sensor elevators where you don't touch them. You just hover your finger over them to get that from the heat. It takes the button. But the problem is <laughs> if you stand in front of it, the heat from your oh, body. All the buttons yes. get pushed. <laughs> oh, no. And the kid, you know, I mean, when you're on board with kids and they squeeze in and they're standing right next to the elevator buttons, 
you're going to end up just reaching for the buttons. Yeah. Like, you're yeah. going to, you're going to stop on every floor. Oh, and you that's can, a little bit. Yeah. You can tell when somebody does it because it goes ding, 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 ding. Like you can hear. So <laughs> <laughs> then you're all in the elevator like, no, like, because now you're stuck. You're stuck for 13 floors. You're going 13 floors. That's how it is. And they're long. They're long and narrow, the, the elevators. Some people stood in the front and there's like no room in the back. You know, there's nobody in the back. And you're like, go back. Like, you know, you got to go back. So that was a bit of a difficulty there. But, you know, on all cruises, elevators are always a challenge, in my opinion. Well, as we're talking about flow of the ship, we'll get back to Marceline market here in a second. But as we're talking about flow of the ship, I am curious your impressions of they've shifted a lot of things around. And my sense is it's become almost like a district based kind of experience. We've got like theaters in one area, shopping in one area, bars in another area. Was that your sense? And how did how did you feel with the overall kind of flow of the, the ship? I, I would have to say that was probably the one con out of all of the things. The only negative thing I would have to say about the whole ship was I felt was a challenge was the flow because I'm so used to the other ship. For instance, we were trying to find the Tangled Salon. So the Tangled Salon is on, on one side of the ship and then the barbershop is on the other side of the ship. And then in the center is another, or even for instance, you have the Cajun Compass on one side, you have a Luna Bar in the center, and then you have a hallway on the other side where there are other, could be other items. So if you're, say you're on deck five and you're walking port side and you're looking for something and you're like, it should be right here. Well, it is. It's just on starboard side. But there's a there's something in the center that's blocking you. Like you can't see it. You, know, you can't look across the hallway and see, okay, well, the tangled lines across on deck five across. You know, you can't see that. So you have to go all the way around that whatever's in that center to get to the other side. So I felt a little lost at times in that in that area because. I was like, okay, well, we're at the barbershop. So this one should be nearby. So again, back to the deck plan, like, where is it? And then I realized it's on the other side of whatever's in that center. And that that was, a, and again, I, I think because I've sailed before and I, I'm familiar with the other ships, it was a bit of a challenge for me. But I think if you've never been on a cruise line, you would never know the difference. Um, and you would, it's just the way the ship is, is laid out. I did not feel like it flowed very well. That would probably be the only negative that I had about the ship was that I felt like, it was hard for me as far as the flow went. And the same up on, on outside decks. I felt like I had to go down to go up, to go down, to go up. And I did not <laughs> I did not check out the walking trail, but I did see somebody did post it. And there are steps in the walking trail. You know how they have that? Yep, there's steps up and then steps down, at both at the, at the front of the ship in order to complete the track at the front of the ship because you have to go above the oasis, which is the new part of the spa, that outdoor kind of rainforesty area. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So to me, that wasn't a very nice, because, you know, on the other one, where you have the jogging trail, you just go all the way around. That part of the flow, that would probably be my only negative about the whole ship is, is that part, the flow. And again, it's because I'm so used to the other ones. And how is it? I'm curious on the flow aspect of it. My understanding is, are most of the bar spaces actually sit kind of off of the grand hall? Do I have that right? So, well... So the Bayou is off of the Grand Hall. Nightingales is off of the Grand Hall. Kagan Compass is not. Um, Luna is not. That they're more. Uh, they're not. I mean, you can get to it from the Grand Hall, but they're. They're. Not, I wouldn't say. But Nightingales and the Bayou are definitely off. Oh, and the Hyperspace Mountain. That's all in that area. So you have Nightingales first. Then you have the 
book, I said hyperspace mountain. I know I was laughing. I smiled when you said that hyperspace because we just went on hyperspace mountain yesterday. <laughs> oh gosh, that's funny. No, it's a hyperspace lounge. And then of course the bayou. That is all off of the Grand Hall. The hyperspace lounge, definitely you had to get on a waiting list to get in and they, they were limiting time. And it's funny because we, we talked to the, uh, one of the crew members there and he was telling us that it was a little bit more popular than they were expecting. And I kind of looked at him and said, have you been to Ogas? Like, <laughs> right. I can't believe they wouldn't really, that they wouldn't realize how popular yeah. that, I mean, it's going to be, I know the, probably the hottest spot on the maiden voyage and on all of the inaugural sailings. And it's not very large. It's not very large. So you're, you're in a small, you have a small place, a popular place in my opinion. Um, so it definitely, it, it gives you the vibes of, I don't know if you've been on the star cruiser or not. But it definitely gives you the vibes of a cross between the lounge and the Star Cruiser and then Ogas. It kind of gives you both of those vibes mixed together. Yeah, it was it was definitely fun. And um, of course, you skip, you know, you do the space launch skips and then the screens definitely change. You're in different planets each time. So that was interesting. It was fun. I really we really enjoyed that lounge. We only could get into it once. And I'm glad we did. We waited, I want to say an hour. They put our name on a list and they sent it through the app when our when our table was ready. Oh, nice. So you could go around and do other things. Correct. Yes. And uh, so once they notified us, then we, then we went through and um, we had a cocktail and it was fun. A, a kyber crystal? Was it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, it was funny. Everybody asked about that and they had no information on it. There were a lot of things oh, that funny. they didn't have the information on because it's so new. So... Okay, so let's head back over to food because we we took a detour. So let's talk about Marceline's Market. So this is the replacement for... I'm, I, I hate when people call it Palos or Remy's. I think it's Marceline Market. Okay, Marceline Market. <laughs> All right, so I, let's talk about Marceline Market, which is basically the replacement for Cabanas on The Wish. Uh, so tell us what offerings and how, how it was different from Cabanas. I really, honestly, I, first of all, the decor is beautiful. I, I think the decor is very pretty. Um, the layout is great. Uh, the food, it goes all the way around in like a half circle. You could definitely, uh, and it, it does repeat itself at times from one side to the next. But And some items did not repeat, but most of the items did repeat. Um, and there's seating that goes all the way around. And of course, you have outdoor seating as well. You have high table seatings. Um, so like for breakfast, that's where we sat when we looked at Castaway because we overlooked Castaway. So we were on starboard side. So we had the high table with the high chairs. And so we could just look out at the beautiful island while we were eating breakfast. Uh, we ate there quite often. We ate there for breakfast pretty much every day. And we ate there for lunch pretty much all of the time. We really enjoyed that buffet. I personally, again, I have an allergy and they did great with trying to help me um, figure out what items I could and could not eat. And then on the, on the, when you enter the market, they, in the front, you also have, there's a little cafe there as well. So some people would then after lunch would leave and then go to the cafe for coffee and sit there. Um, there was seating there as well. Is that an adults only venue like a like Cove Cafe or is it? No, a... it was an open venue. Now, the food, is it self-serve or is it cast member served? It depends. Some locations 
for instance, for breakfast, the bread was there. You could get the bread yourself. But as far as the main food, like when you wanted your egg, they put it on the plate for you. So certain items you could just take yourself. A lot of things were in self like contained, like fruit was in a bowl already and you could just take the bowl. So some items they had like that and um, some items they did put on the plate for you. So in terms of the food offerings, what was you know, what was the range of kinds of food that they had in Marceline? Well, it varied. Every day it was different. So for breakfast, they had an omelet station where you could have your own omelets. They had fried eggs, they had scrambled eggs. And then of course, like hash browns, bacon, sausage, all of that. Uh, for lunch, the one day was seafood. So we had fried calamari, we had uh, snow king crab, you know, crab legs. Snow crab. <laughs> yes. Um, and then they had, you know, pots and pot stickers. Actually, the one day we went for lunch, it was similar to the food that we had the night before in the world of Marvel. So I, I noticed some of the same <laughs> food yeah, is what you're some saying. Of the same food was, was on that menu. Um, so every day it did change a little bit, uh, you know, but they still had like salads with chick grilled chicken on it. They still had like the healthier options available as well. And then as well as the fried items, if you wanted those. So I don't think you could go, you could go wrong. They did. You just have to be careful of the timing, you know, because they don't, they're only open to certain hours. We're the ones out on deck. The little quick services out on deck, their hours are different as well. So we can't, of course, have a show about the christening cruise without talking about rotational dining. You had a three night cruise. I imagine that means you got to go to each of the three rotational dining restaurants. Um, and we know they are uh, World of Mar- Worlds of Marvel, Arendelle, and 1923. Why don't we start with wherever you were set to go that first? So 1923 actually um, is two sections. You have the Roy and the Walt section. When you go up with your table numbers, they'll tell you if you're on the right or the left. Um, And through the center of the restaurant is the hallway. So you're like in two separate rooms, if that makes sense. We were in the Walt side. And so the sketches in the storybooks are different in each side. But the basically the the decor on the table, all of that's the same. It's just the sketches and the drawings are different on both sides. Uh, so we ate at 1923 first. Um, we were on the Walt side. Again, my meal is a little different because I have a, an allergy. And th- what's new for this sailing, for the Wish, is they have a specific allergy menu compared to the other cruise lines. So when the other ships, because on the other ships, I would have to order my meal the night before for the next day. This time they just gave me a menu each night and I could just order off of the menu, similar to how you would eat in the park. That's how it was on the Wish. That's awesome. I did see a picture of the allergy friendly menu on somebody's social media. And I thought that was brilliant. I had heard it was supposed to be coming to the dream or the fantasy and it kept getting postponed. So that's really nice to hear for all of our friends that have food allergies. Nice to hear. How was the quality of the food in 1923? Um, I Mine was fine. I had ordered chicken for my main, for my entree. And it was just basic chicken. I wouldn't say it was anything fabulous. My table guests, the 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 people that I was with, of course, they don't have allergies. They loved the tuna that was on the appetizer. Everybody raved about that. And then as far as the actual, they had gotten a steak and they actually had to send the steak back because it was overcooked. So that was not our favorite meal. Um, if I were to book Palos or um, I or one of the either main or either of the adult dining, that would probably be the meal that I would skip for that. 
it was, it was, I'm not going to say it was bad. It was not bad. It just, out of the three, that was probably my least favorite one. Correct me if I'm wrong. There's not a show or some kind of live entertainment going on in 1923 as compared to the other restaurants. Is that right? That is right. Correct. That they do not have any kind of entertainment in that one. So what was night number two? Which restaurant were you in? The Worlds of Marvel was night number two. Ooh, so tell us about that. We know there is a show there and uh, and the food, of course, we have to hear about. So just from entering the hallway, when you enter the restaurant, your experience starts. Like you have the Marvel theme music going, you know, the, the screens and you walk through and they told us to be there 10 to 15 minutes before because the show starts right on time. So do not arrive late to this dinner. So we we walked in and it was amazing. Like everything about it. If you're a Marvel fan, then you're going to love this. I mean, it just everything about it. It's very interactive. You know, the they have you pushing buttons on your table and it goes to the screens and the shows and and even when the the Ant-Man show was not happening, um they did play other scenes of Marvel and they were different on everybody's screen. Kind of like the crush, you know, when you when you're in um animator's palette and you have the crush goes around to the screens and stuff. Um, it's similar to that. You know, every screen is, has something different on it. And that's basically how it was. And then, of course, the entertainers and the characters then came out at the end. Um, I was told that this was just a preview, that it would be more than what we saw when it finally does sail with guests. Um, that what we saw was just a, a small preview of it that have more to it. Um, so if anybody's watching social media and you see, you know, the storyline, there could be enhancements to it going, you know, forward. That's what we were told. But the food was amazing all the way down to the decor. The plates, of course, had the, you know, the um, symbols, you know, the silverware. The food was very good. Uh, the cocktails were good as well. They did have a trio cocktail that we wanted to try. It's like $30, but they didn't have it prepared for the for the sailing. So we ran into that on a lot of things. So we couldn't try that, but we did try. Um, I tried this thing, um, this finger, and it was very good. So we we enjoyed the food here. The food was really good here. They talked a lot about at various times the the I don't remember what they call it, but like the pim particle generator on the center of the table, and how they're going to do some amazing things with shrinking and enlarging food. Did did you get any of that in your preview? So they that's what I was saying when you when they have parts of the show, you know, Aunt Man will say hit your buttons, hit your buttons. And then everybody has to hit their buttons and the, the the whole room lights up and the lights change. And of course he shrinks many things in the show. <laughs> so then at the end, they bring, they brought us a bowl of tiny cookies, you know, so basically <laughs> shrunk your cookies uh, is basically what happens. And then the wait staff at the end came out. And of course, when Ant-Man, they, when they were out, you know, walking about, um, he says, we have another sweet surprise. And here comes all the wait staff and they have giant size Mickey bars and all sorts of <laughs> giant size stuff because, you know, he enlarged those. So, and they incorporated the ship in the show. So they were fighting other, you know, the Narvel characters were fighting people like up on deck. So you could see the ship in the background. So that was fun to see. And if you have children that are in the kids club, there's a lot of the kid club activities in the Marvel section. If they read all of the little decor they have on the screen, it, it, it goes with the dinner. 
the two of them will mesh together. If the child pays attention, the two of them will mesh together. You know, you can see different, like you see them learning how to shrink a cupcake in the little Marvel kid club. And of course we shrink cookies. So uh, basically, (laughs) yeah, that's how if if the the child is smart enough to pay attention, they're going to see that the two worlds mingle together. As our listeners will be well aware, I am uh, I am not the big fan of Frozen, but I am fascinated by this Frozen restaurant and the show, and in particular whether Disney was able to walk a line with uh, Norwegian food that uh, that worked for them. So, how was the Frozen restaurant? Wonderful. Out of the three, this was my favorite by far. When you walk into, when you walk down the long hallway to Arendelle, all of the pictures on the screen, on the on the, the wall as you walk down the hallway are from the movie. Do you remember when she sings and she goes through all the paintings? They're there. So, you know, hey, June, that's there. <laughs> like, so, and then across, <laughs> you know, when she goes to the one painting and the clock's across it and she goes, tick, tick, tick. yeah, that's there. So you, if you've seen the movie and you're a big Frozen fan, you're going to, you're going to live that whole scene as you go down that hallway, which is super fun. And you come into the the dining room and it's just beautiful. The, the From the, the glasses to the plates and, and there are the plates in the song, you know, so the ones that she talks about, all of that is there. And um, we did get a cocktail here that was a beautiful blue color and it had shimmers and sparkly. It was beautiful. This by far was our favorite night for food. My table mates, they had gotten the puff pastry with the scallops in it. That was very popular. And they said that was delicious. It was, it was wonderful. All of the food was great. I mean, I can't rave enough about the food. We pretty much liked all of the desserts on the dessert menu. So the guy brought us one of each. So we got to try them all, which was a lot of fun. And um, they were all delicious. I did not realize I liked, is it Oaken? Is that how you say his name? The yeah, guy that Oaken. Goes, yep. You know, I yep. did not know that I liked him as much as I did until I saw this show. <laughs> he would walk around the room and do this little walk and go Woo-hoo! the whole time. And then the waiters would do it. And it was just, it was the best. And Kristoff and they would, him and Kristoff would do a song. And I know it was hysterical. Like it was something that you didn't know you needed, but you do. You need to hear this song, this duet, because it was fabulous. And then, so Olaf would come around to the tables. Of course, um, Elsa did. Anna did with Kristoff. They did have two performers that sang in between as well. And they were great. Fabulous. They did. It was beautiful. Uh, seating here is going to be a little difficult because the stage is in the center and there's a lot of tables in the back. You can have a pole in your way. Um, a lot of people got up and moved around, but I don't know how that would be with a pool cruise because, uh, of course, we didn't have pool seating. So, yeah, the stage is going to be a, a bit of a challenge. Some people might have an issue with that. I was fine with it. I could still see everything. I could still hear everything. And they came to the tables, which I think is wonderful. It was a, it was a fabulous experience. Even if you don't like Frozen, I still feel like it was wonderful. The food was delicious and uh, the entertainment was, was hilarious. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> now, do they do anything for the christening cruise with Enchante and Palo? Like maybe like some tastings or things like that, knowing that no one would want to miss their rotational dinners, I'm assuming. But do they do any sort of tastings? And if so, you know, how is the food coming out of those two adult venues? 
So they did. Some media people were invited to um, attend meals at both of those. Um, I, I was again, I was a guest, so I was not part of that. Um, I was able to walk through both restaurants and I took pictures and, and toured both restaurants and they're both beautiful. So and I actually think Palo I thought was prettier. Um, in my opinion, I just it was both are fabulous. Uh, but no, I was not able to taste of the food for either of those uh, restaurants, but they did. They were some people were able to taste them. In terms of adult spaces on the ship, you know, it seems like you've lost or we've lost the what I'll call the district kind of area with all the, the bars a little bit. They're kind of spread more throughout the ship now. But we do have the adult space off the aft of the ship, the pool and the new Cove Cafe area. Did you get a chance to see those? Yes, I did. And I agree with you with the district. That was a that was a little difficult for me as far because I'm used to that, you know, where you go in and all of them are in the one area um, and they are spread throughout. They do have similar ones. You know, I would say Cake and Compass is similar to a Gills. And, you know, they they I feel like they did cover all the bases, but I did go to the Cove Cafe and the adult area. Um, what's different about, and I don't know if you've noticed this or not, what's different about this one are the pools. They're smaller and there's several of them. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That there's more, there's a larger number, but they're kind of spread out in different areas. Yes. And they're smaller. So yeah. So there is one that's back there that we did see. I don't feel like it's quite large enough for the area. Like it could be like you're sitting in a hot tub with people, if that makes sense. Like, you know how you sit in a little small hot tub with like 10 people. <laughs> they do have two smaller like pools and they're not pools. They're seats where water falls down the seat and into the bottom. I thought they just hadn't filled them up until I looked in. I was like, oh, they didn't fill those up yet. And then I looked in. I was like, oh, no, they're full. The water just comes down the seat. So they're coming down your back. And so it's the, like a cooling seat or something. Yes. And then the bottom has water in it for your feet, but the water like overflows down the seat. If that makes sense. Oh, I want to try one of those out. And that that's sounds what fun. looked out over the back. You know, you can see that um, over the back of the ship. It was beautiful when we were in Castaway. It was a beautiful view. That was nice as well. There is another pool that I thought was, was a little quieter. It was the Chippendale pool and it had a little bit of shaded area. That one didn't seem to be as crowded as the other pools. Like I felt like the ones in the main section where the TV, the screen and all are, those seem to be a little bright. They seem to be final vision. Yeah. They seem to be a little bit more crowded and off of the pool section. If you want to talk about the the aqua mouse. Yes. I would love to hear about the aqua mouse. So I didn't get the experience that I saw people do it, but they were doing a lot of media with the cameras so that they could film them going through. But so the, the, I was with Serena from living by Disney and she was scheduled to go and all three times it had been, it went down. So she didn't get to experience it. Oh, bummer. Yeah. yeah. So I did hear that happened a lot. And I can imagine because there's the screens and the tunnel and everything. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully in October, I'll be able to experience that. But it did seem from the videos I saw, it did seem kind of neat to go through. I wonder if it will be for paying guests, if it will have a reservation time situation like it, like they did for the christening. I, I imagine they might do that because um, if it's really a limited experience and like something like Rise of the Resistance, right? There's a lot of moving parts and it always goes down. And so it, in order to get in order to get people, more people to experience it, it would be smart for them to do a yeah reservation system. They, they very well could do it that way. I mean, that would make sense. Or maybe it might not be as popular for adults as it was on this one. <laughs> you know, it might be more for the kids. 
Well, we need to take a quick pause in the action here to thank our amazing show sponsors over at My Path Unwinding Travel. You know, Sam and I have gotten to know the agents over at My Path Unwinding Travel over time, and they are just so knowledgeable, so wonderful, so responsive, so welcoming. They have a great set of communities built on Facebook where they answer people's questions. We know that if you decide to book your next vacation with My Path Unwinding Travel, you will have a wonderful, wonderful experience. So if you are looking to book your next fabulous Disney Cruise Line vacation and adventures by Disney Vacation, maybe you've been eyeing an all-inclusive resort vacation, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash Duo to book your next vacation. We know you'll have a fantastic experience. And with that, back to our episode. Tell us, um, did you guys get to see any of the shows, the new shows that they'll be offering on board or, or even maybe a preview, just a shorter version of a show or something like that? We did get to see the welcome show um, in full. Uh, fabulous. It, I believe that that one's going to be shown on day one um, because it does, it kind of sets you up to the start of your cruise. And Goofy was the star pretty much in this one, which Goofy has a, a little spot in my heart. I loved it. I, it was fabulous. I, we really enjoyed that one. And then the, we did get to preview the Little Mermaid show, but only certain numbers. We didn't get to see the whole thing. They let us just preview a bit of it. And it was fabulous. And I'm not, Little Mermaid is not my favorite movie. So it's not one that I would be like, oh yeah, let's go see Little Mermaid. But some of the songs were a little different. And of course the costumes were different and it was good. It was what I saw was very good. And the director, she got up on stage and she told us a little bit about, you know, her process in helping direct the the performance. And that was fun to hear and see as well. And it's going to be great. Everybody's going to love it. Awesome. Were there any venues on board that were not like open at all? The tri- the Triton's Lounge, we were not able to see because they were doing a lot of filming in there. So I did not get to see the Triton's Lounge. I think that's pretty much all. I did not see the Incredicoaster. Is it Incredicoaster course? Incredicoaster course. I think it's what it's called. So the Hero Zone transforms into that course with the blow-ups. You know, I'm talking about like it's um, yeah. So we know, yeah, I know. I've seen some vi- some video clips of it, yeah. So um, I forgot that they had a. It's like an obstacle course, basically. Yeah. So the Hero Zone, the center where they play basketball, that transforms into that course, and they only had I think two open houses, and I didn't realize it. It was in the in our app. But I didn't realize that that's what it was because it was on day one. And I was so overwhelmed with everything else that I was seeing. So on day two, I'm like, okay, I got to see this course. And then I went to go check it out and it was basketball courts. And I was like, well, where's the course? You know, like, <laughs> And then uh, the gentleman told me, he's like, no, we're only going to blow it up certain times throughout the day. You have to check the app. And I missed it. I'm sort of depressed that I missed it because I really wanted to see it. But that's something that you're definitely going to have to check out in your app to make sure that if you see that um, shown, then that's when you need to go to, to take care of, you know, to go take, participate in that. Now, I think the most important question um, is the next one I'm about to ask, which is, did you get to take the slide down into the kids club? (laughs) (laughs) We could do the slide if we wanted to. I personally did not because at the time of the open house, I was in a dress. (laughs) (laughs) We we had just finished up dinner and uh, because they only had open house certain times, you're similar to a regular cruise. So we only had open houses at, at certain times and I was in a, and I was our world of Marvel and I was in a skirt. So I was like, yeah, I'm not going to go down the side. Um, my friend Serena did. 
So she went down it and she said it was a lot of fun. It's very unique. And and I'll definitely, when I go in October, I'm definitely going to go down that slide and I'll make sure I do it on day one. <laughs> but it was, it was, it was different and the kids loved it. I mean, who doesn't want to slide into a kick club? I mean, it's amazing. So there was an attendant at the top and that's where you would check your child in and then they would slide down. And then of course, on step two, there was also a check-in area where the wash stations are and all that kind of stuff. The kid club, club theming is different. It's unique. You have different areas in that one for the Oceaneer Lab combo. Amazing. The Star Wars Cargo Bay probably would be my favorite. If you've ever been on the Star Cruiser, the Galactic Star Cruiser, it would remind you a lot of the um, engine, uh, the Cargo Bay and on that as well. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. That one, that one by far was my favorite section. Just a real specific question, Jen. Did they do you pick the kids up then on deck two? They they don't have a way to get back up to deck three, I'm assuming. They can just check in on deck three. Correct. They can check in on deck three and slide down the deck two, but there's stairs on the opposite. So when you where this where the slide is, there's a set of stairs next to it that walks around and Cheshire cats at the bottom. So you walk down that way. So yes, when you go to pick your children up, you pick them up on deck two. And even the walls, the decor that goes down to the kick clubs like the whole one wall is marvel and then all one wall is star wars and then um of course when you get down to the the nursery it's all small world just walking down that hallway was fabulous too like i've taken my picture in front of chewy and all sorts of crazy stuff so that was a lot of fun as well well i only have two more questions for you so one is uh, we talked a little bit about shows and theaters but did you get a chance to see the newer theater that they've put in the ship the sort of two-story luna theater and and how was that yes and luna is the one that i was saying that's in between the two hallways so like keg and compass was on one side but it's like we so if you're on the second level of luna's like it's all open so you can see into luna's if that makes sense so if you're going down the hallway keg and compass would be on your left-hand side and Luna's would be on your right and it's open so you can see down into Luna's. And I and I can see that they would probably be doing a lot of things like the bingos there and the trivia games. Um, it was beautiful. It was very nice. It's it's definitely it's the two-tiered and the second level is all open. Well, my my last area of inquiry is <laughs> is the spa. I'm curious to hear about this not not necessarily the spa itself, but rainforest area, which is usually a big hit with Disney cruisers, and then also you know they divided up the hooks Barbary and what's the other section called? The Tangled Salon. Tangled. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How how did how was the spa area? So the spa area, the rainforest room. I did tour that. What's unique and new to this particular ship is the outdoor space. They have an outdoor space uh, with two hot tubs, which they normally don't have that in the rainforest package. Um, they also have the normal showers and the steam rooms like before. But another feature that they added to this particular ship, and I'm probably going to butcher this name, the frig- the frigid, the frigidum, frigidum. It's the ice room, I call it. If that's not a cold area, then they've misnamed it. Yeah. Frigidarium. <laughs> that's it. Frigidarium. I keep messing that up. That's <laughs> hilarious. I love that name. <laughs> it's the ice room. It's, it's, yeah, I will never go in there. I'm a Florida girl. There's no way I'm going in that room, but it's definitely unique. It's, and I've seen them on other cruise ships, so it was different. And that's new as well. They're going to do the two hot tubs, the outdoor area, and the ice room are new to the um, rainforest package. $79 for a day pass, $166 oh, wow. $166 for three days, and $190 for the whole cruise. 
Wow, that's a big jump. That is a big jump to access that area. Yeah. 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 It, and it was it was so unique. They had swings, like they have this where the showers are. There's a section in the center that has water on the bottom. And they have like oval shaped swings, like beds that you can sit in. And you and they have those outside as well. And there is a hidden Mickey. If you do the two hot tubs outside, the shading area above is a hidden Mickey. Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen that from the aerial views of it. Yeah, for sure. And so, did they give you any indication for the for the price they're charging? Are they really limiting the number of people who can go in, or the number that they sell for a cruise? Did, did they say anything about that? He did not. I did ask if it was limited because you know, as you know, since COVID, um, the ones on the other ship, you had to do like a certain hour and you had a certain time period. And he said that that was not happening on the wish. But I'm sure there's going to be a cutoff to the number passes like before that you could purchase, but he did not indicate what that cutoff would be. And how about the theming in the Barbary and the Tangled Salon? Okay. So the Barbary was very interesting. Um, it was beautiful, actually. I, I thought it was very unique. And uh, they also held mixologies there at night. But like the front of the barber shop was very masculine, like a smoking room, if it reminds you. That's what it reminded me of would be like a smoking room or a cigar room. And they had areas in the front and that's where they would hold the mixologies. And then the Tangled Salon, Rapunzel, I love Rapunzel. It was beautiful. Uh, that's where they had the, where you get manicures and pedicures. And of course, they have a braid bar. I don't know if you've noticed that on the menu. Um, they weren't doing that on our sailing, but I'm curious when I go in October, what that's about. So I'm definitely going to try to sign up for that because I thought that sounded interesting. And it's pretty. It's it's a beautiful salon um, for sure. But again, both of those are not located. They're located outside of the spa. They're not part of the spa, if that makes sense. Jennifer, we could talk about the wish all day. We have probably a list of a thousand more questions, uh, but we don't want to take up any more of your time today on July 4th weekend. So we know you're at the boardwalk today and probably headed uh, into uh, the parks. Yeah, Yeah, we're going to Epcot today. But I did want to, can I just, one thing I wanted to make sure. I was going to say, is there anything that we, is there anything we didn't cover that you wanted to make sure to let folks know? To go to the Grand Hall at midnight, they will do a midnight kiss goodnight like similar to what you see in the park, you know, if you can stay up, definitely go to the Grand Hall at the night on one of the nights of your sailing, because it does, it's a little, it's different. There's so many unique things on the ship um, that you need to just, like there's a hidden Mickey pretzel um, in one of the bars. There's so many things that are unique to it that you definitely should check out every piece if you can. Awesome. Well, Jennifer, I know we mentioned at the top of the show, you own your agency. And so if folks are interested in booking a fabulous Disney cruise on the wish with you, do you want to let them know where they can find you? Sure. Um, you can go to our website. It's about the memories travel.com. And there is a get a quote uh, link that you can go and I have a fabulous team of agents. One of them will get back to you right away. You can find me um, on social media. I'm travel with underscore Jen. And I have a lot of the stuff that I saw and videos that I from the from the wish that I've been posting. It's taking me a little time, but I've been trying to post a couple every day. So yeah, so you can find us um, on the website or on social media. We will definitely link to your social media so folks can check out all those pictures and videos you took. Yeah. And thank you so much, Jen, for taking time out of your vacation to share the wish and your experience on the wish with our listeners. We just really, really appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate this time. And and thank you for thinking of me. And I appreciate the talk. I love talking about it. So I was happy to be here. 
As always, thank you so much out there for listening to our bonus show this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us those five-star reviews. And if you leave us a written review, we will read it on the air in our main show each and every week. We love connecting with you, our listeners, and hearing your feedback. So head over there, leave us a review. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also connect with our show via our voicemail line. If you'd like to send us a question, a comment, or otherwise have us address your feedback on the air, then just leave us a message at 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. If you'd like even more great content from the DCL Duo, you can always browse to youtube.com slash DCL Duo for our vlog. If you'd like to help support the show, you can always browse to patreon.com slash DCL Duo and choose from one of our monthly support tiers. We really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons out there for making this show happen each and every month. We also really appreciate our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding Travel. If you're looking to book your next fabulous Disney vacation, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo to book your next fabulous vacation. Use that link so they know the DCL Duo sent you. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of Disney Cruise Line or the Disney Company. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Good night.